There's a few interesting things kind of going on here, and I just wanted to read a little thing to you today. You know, we hear kind of about the Holy Spirit, you know, I would say more often these days than, than perhaps we did in the past, but um, it's an elusive thing, and it's kind of alluded to in this passage in, in the Gospel of John, um, because, you know, we just don't understand or know exactly how, why, or when the Spirit really works. And that's one of the difficulties, again, I think it's one of the things, like I like to often say, that to be Catholic is to be okay with mystery. We really have to, we're required to be okay with a certain amount of mystery as Catholics because we're not God. And that's one of those things we have to remind ourselves constantly. And so one thing that I was reading about, um, this is in in the book called Hard Sayings by the uh, Catholic apologist Trent Horn. And so he was describing some of the things in the Bible, a lot of the things that people are very critical in the Bible about um, violence in the Bible, um, genocide in the Bible, all these different things. Um, but they're so very often read out of context, and, and they're, not really, um, they're not really well understood. And one of the things that he was just describing in this particular passage is about um, Samson. If we remember the this, this story of Samson, you know, Samson is one who has his power from the length of his hair, but then Delilah betrays him and then it cuts his hair and then he loses his power. He's imprisoned and everything like that. But then he end up, he's in a pagan temple to Dagon, basically. And so he, he prays to the Lord for his power to return to him. And then, you know, he braces himself in between the two support pillars of the building and he's able to knock them down. And it says that 3,000 people were killed of that day. And a critic was saying, um, you know, how, you know, how is this any different than, than what a suicide bomber did? And, and this is one of the responses that, um, that Trent Horn is giving in this book. And he says, Samson's exploits were certainly violent, but when read in their proper context, we see they were the actions of an imperfect man God used to strike at the enemy of his people. St. Augustine made the same point when he said the following about the stories found in Judges. The Spirit of the Lord is at work in those who do good, in those who do evil, in those who are aware, in those who are unaware of what he, the Spirit, knows and does. That's a very good description, in a way, of what's kind of happening right here. We have to be careful sometimes that, that we think that we really know what the Spirit of the Lord does and is doing. Um, you know, we can discern these things, and, and, and we could have some good signs and everything like that. Of course, many of the things that St. Ignatius gave in his discernment of spirits are, are ways to kind of do this. But, but a lot of times, we have to realize that God can also work through evil to create good. On, only one who can do that, <laughs> you know. It's like we can certainly do evil, but somehow he can bring out a good throughout it. And, and, and we, don't, we don't exactly understand that. That's one of the greater mysteries that we have to deal with. And then another thing that's often a confusion is kind of in our first reading. Our first reading today from Acts is often used um, to cite in support of, of things like communism or socialism. But as we know, just from history, this is just something that we can discern just from history, that didn't last very long in the Acts of the Apostles now, did it? And that's something that we could all learn just by reading and looking at the history of the church. The, the zeal at which the early followers had, there was something very unique about it, and it showed their uniqueness as followers. Again, like I've mentioned before, why they were often just called, you know, followers of the way, 
before they ended up being called Christians at Antioch. They were just called followers of the way. And it was because of what we see in that first reading. It was because of their generosity. It was because of the way that they treated each other in community. But Thomas Merton kind of famously said years, many years ago in, in a rare interview, he said that, that that situation right there can only really exist in monastic life, where everybody in that community basically submits to the law of the community and follows it. In that community, people are able to give up the things that they have and they could give all to the community because everybody's basically on the same page of how, how to do that. But in the world that we live in now, in the, in the diversified world, in different regions, and different parts of the world, um, that trying to use that as an ideal for, for communistic or socialistic ideals is, is false. Uh, and there's another good book that Trent Horn also wrote, wrote, and he said, can a Catholic be a socialist? And then I love that he answers this on the cover of the book. He said, the answer is no, <laughs> you know, and, you know, here's why. And the whole book is the here's why. But at least he gives the big answer on the cover. And so this is just kind of a reminder today. Again, we're not God, and we have to understand that the Spirit of God goes where it wills to accomplish the will of God for our salvation and the salvation of those who believe. And so we have to be a little bit careful sometimes when we think we know exactly how the Spirit is working. Sometimes it definitely gives us signs, but we can never be so arrogant to think that we, we know the way. You know, we continue to take, again, steps of faith, and he lights up that path before us. God bless you all.